service both in-house and online the lord that we have come to meet will meet with us in jesus name amen it's a very special day uh, our celebration started yesterday it's a very simple celebration it's just for us to do what give thanks to god because brethren god has been good unto us god has been good unto us amen. it's not all churches or do i say all parishes that start that live to be 16 years of age so we must acknowledge the goodness of God. It's not because we know how to do it. It's simply because God is God. Amen. It's because God has chosen to ensure that we continue on the path he has set for us, uh, for this sanctuary, and by God's special grace. The impact he has proposed for us, which are, we are going to make in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go into your word, Father, go with us. Father, speak unto us. Amen. Father, teach us. Amen. Let your name be glorified. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, you. for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want, to, I want to make sure that by the time we finish, we have some time to actually rejoice in the presence of the Lord uh, because it's our Thanksgiving day, it's our anniversary, and I know it's a day that God is perfecting something in somebody's life in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not miss your blessings today in Jesus' name. Uh, like uh, the announcement has been made uh, by God's grace on Sunday the 21st of March we are going to resume our two services and uh, we have increased capacity from that day onwards based on the government directives on, uh, on, uh, on uh, Simcoe County uh, so please let's bear that in mind we are going to begin registration sometime during that week so Sunday the 21st I hope to see many of us in our colorful uh, uh, tires here to bless the name of the Lord. And uh, tentatively, we are looking at April 11. Is it April 11? Yes. April 11 for us to come and uh, uh, celebrate with item 7. You know, we've been promising ourselves that we need to come together and just rejoice in God's presence. All those uh, jollof rice and uh, fried rice and, uh, I mean, all those things we've talked about. By God's grace, on Sunday, April 11. We are still going to have two services then, uh, but for every one of our services, we are going to make sure there are some beautifully packaged items for us to uh, take home as part of our celebration. Amen. You are going to celebrate in Jesus' name. Amen. Your celebration will not end in Jesus' Amen. name. Uh, another uh, thing I want us to take note of is, by God's special grace, next Sunday is the last day of our prayer and fasting of the 63 days. I thought somebody will clap and give Alleluia. a clap of hands to the Lord. So next Sunday will be the 63rd day of this 63 days prayer and fasting. Mm. And so, by God's grace, we are going to be having a series of uh, a session of prayers as part of that next Sunday service. In addition to that, we are going to be taking a seed. So please bear this in mind if you want to send in your seed beginning, like since we do it by interact, but we are going to be praying on it that next Sunday. And what is the seed? You can give any amount in multiples of 21. And why 21? I'm sure we all know, when we started our prayer and fasting, we were told you can fast for 21 days uh, for Thanksgiving, 
21 days to ask for mercy and 21 days to make your demand. And I know many of us have been, have been bombarding the gates of heaven with our demand. And the Lord will answer us. Amen. The Lord will answer us in Jesus' Amen. name. We want to seal that which the Lord has done for us as a parish, for us as individuals. I mean, God has done glorious things for us within this short uh, while in the year 2021. So next Sunday, come to church. And of course, the church is not yet fully open. But what I mean by that is when you come for service, get your seat ready. The seed is in multiples of, of what? So you can decide to give 21. You can decide to give 42. You can decide to give 63. You can decide to give 126. You can decide to give 21 times 5. What is that? Uh, uh, 105. You can decide to give 21 times 4. You can decide to give 21 times 10, which is what? 210. So um, it's a seed. It's different from your tithe. It's different from your offering. God has been faithful in the past. He's not about to stop. You will enjoy his faithfulness in Jesus' name. So please, let's bear this in mind. Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verses, I'm going to read verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Amen. The Bible says, remember ye not the former things. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. Who is God talking to there? I know he's talking to Christ Chapel. I know Christ Chapel is not a building. Who is Christ Chapel? Amen. We are all Christ Chapel. And I hope somebody will... Take hold of the word today and run with it. Amen. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He said, Now it shall spring forth. So what the Lord wants to do in your life will not be hidden. Tell somebody what the Lord wants to do in my life will not be hidden. That's very important. I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. All eyes shall see. Amen. That which the Lord wants to do in your life will be evident to all in Jesus' name. To, we, are, we are marking the 16th year anniversary of Christ Chapel. It calls for lots of celebration, lots of thanksgiving. The number 16, we all know, is number 8 multiplied by 2. By 2, yes, sir. 16 is 8 times 2. And we all know what 8 stands for. New beginning. Eight stands for a new beginning. Hallelujah. So 16 is what? A double new beginning. Hallelujah. God is giving someone another a fresh start in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say God is giving you a fresh start in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just as God is giving Christ Chapel a fresh start. Amen. And we will not, we will not fail God. Amen. If we are not going to fail God, it means individually we will not fail God. Amen. Tell somebody, I will not fail God. I you will not fail God in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, you know, when we are saying we will not fail God, you know that God never fails. <laughs> Is that not so? Yes, sir. If there's failure, it doesn't, it's not from God. It's something you and I need to address. When Noah came out of the ark to a new world, in the book of uh, uh, Genesis chapter 8, Noah and his household, how many were they? Anybody? How many were Noah and his household? Eight. They were eight. Four men and four women. 
Noah and his, and his three sons, making four men. Noah's wife and his three wives of his sons, making four women. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 18, the Bible says, Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. He went forth out of the ark. And when Noah went forth out, out of the ark, what did Noah do? The first thing he did, when you look at Genesis chapter 8, from verse 20 to verse 22, and that's very important. The Bible says, Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered, a, offered burnt offerings on the altar. Brethren, we must take note of one thing. The resources that Noah had in the ark was limited. The resources was what? Limited. Was limited. If it were like many of us, when we come out of the ark, we say, ah, these things are not many. Let's just uh, find a way to preserve them. But Noah knew that the source of multiplication is who? It's God. If God does not multiply anything in your hand, no matter what you do, you are wasting time. So he took of those clean, those animals that were special, and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. In order for him to offer burnt offerings, it means there was bloodshed. It means there was bloodshed to seal that covenant. When you go to verse 21, when you go to verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord smelled a sweet savour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again cause the ground anymore for man's sake. I speak to somebody's life here today. Somebody who is listening to me. The ground on which you tread, the ground on which you operate, will be fruitful for this young in Jesus' name. Amen. If there be any curse on the ground, uh, on, a, on your account today, that cause is reversed in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, I will not cause the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is what? It's evil. Now, it doesn't say the imagination of your own heart. Oh. It's not talking of your heart. It's talking of man's heart. So you have no excuse. You cannot come and say, after all, God said the imagination of man's heart is sinful or it's evil. So you are going to, you will continue that way. No. Because you are regenerated. Tell somebody, I am regenerated. That's very important. That's very important. He said, neither will I again smite anymore. Everything living as I, as I have done. Now look at verse 22. Verse 22. While the earth remained, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. You see, Noah gave an offering, a very expensive offering. And God recognized the offering that he gave. And said, ah, of, I mean, with all the limited resources available to this man, he didn't start applying human economics. He still went ahead to give an offering of these things. And so he entered into a covenant with God. You will do something that will attract divine attention. Amen. You, will, you, will, you will give, you will make a sacrifice that will make God to enter into a covenant with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to congratulate you today if you're a member of this family because you are part of a new beginning and God will prosper you in this new beginning in Jesus' name. Tell somebody congratulations. Congratulations. The Lord will accept your thanksgiving in Jesus' name. When Noah and his children came out of the ark, they had an open plate. They had an open checkbook to determine the direction of their future. Out of the four men that came out of the ark, each took some steps. 
And the step they took had consequences. Tell somebody the consequences. Consequences. Four men came out of the ark. Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Each of them took steps. And the steps that they took had consequences. Beginning with Noah. The Bible says Noah became a successful farmer. Right from the time he came out of the ark. After he sacrificed those animals. Now, in eating, and he planted a garden. In eating from the fruit of the garden, Noah made a mistake. Which had consequences for his future generations. We are all children of Noah. But Noah made a mistake. And the Bible says he crossed one of his children. Whatever, I mean, those children represent, they are still suffering the consequences today. Ham, one of the children of Noah, saw the nakedness of his father because Noah took of the fruit of his vineyard. He was drunk and he was in the house naked. Ham saw his nakedness. Of course, if the father is naked and the boy saw it, that is not his crime. His crime was not that he saw his father's nakedness. His crime was he began to make fun of his father's nakedness. And that is not acceptable. If he stumbled on his father's nakedness, in fact, there was no need for him to have, tell, uh, to have told his, uh, his brothers. All he needed to do was just take a piece of cloth and do what? Cover the nakedness of his father. Maybe he would have been the most blessed of the three children today. But instead, he made himself the town jester. Of course, it was a, a, a town of only eight people. And when I was telling his brethren what he saw, Shem and Japheth refused to see their father's nakedness. But they chose to do what? To cover it. To co they were blessed in their generations and remain blessed till today. Meanwhile, Brother Ham was caught. In fact, Noah did not just cause Ham. Who did he cause? He caused Canaan. He caused the generation of Ham. And of course, we know the history of Canaan. It took the grace of God for God not to wipe them out completely. Most of them are gone. Why? Because when Israel got to the promised land, their main assignment was to wipe out the descendants of Ham. Of course, we know from, 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 from history or from our studies, we are made to understand that the Egyptians are also the descendants of Ham. And when you look at the world today, use Egypt as a representative of the descendants of Ham. You will agree with me that they are not in the most, they are not, they are not in the best situation that anyone can be. The Lord will have mercy upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. His brothers chose to cover the nakedness of, your, of their father. What is your choice today? As a member of Christ's chapel, what is your choice? Is your choice to expose the nakedness of this church? Or is your choice to cover the nakedness of this church? Everyone. Every church has something called its nakedness. Job said one thing. He said, naked I came into this world. And naked will I do what? Will I, will I, will I return? That's why some people call, when you, are, when you are alone with your God, they say that is your, your bad suit. Abby? Bad day suit. Your bad day suit. That's the way you came into the world. That's the way you will go back. What choice have you made to cover the nakedness of your church? Or to go out and expose its nakedness. 
Oh, men might look at you and say, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you do well. But God will look at you and shake his head. I pray for someone listening to me today. God will not reject you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, God will not reject you in Jesus' name. Amen. Because if you choose to be a distraction to the work that God has proposed in his sanctuary, there are consequences. Ham bore the consequences of not only seeing the nakedness of his father, but becoming the, the town crier for the city. Come and see, oh, this our father again. That drunkard of a father that we have. He's drunk. He's naked in his room. But his brothers knew better. You have a part to play in the work of God in the sanctuary. It is a new beginning. Amen. And there are three things that the Lord impressed upon my mind concerning this season. Three things. We are going to discuss just one of them today. And we'll discuss, discuss the remaining two next week. But it is a new beginning of number one, consecration and holiness. A new beginning of what? Consecration, consecration and holiness. Number two, it is a new beginning of giving. A new beginning of what? Giving. Of course, brethren, you know. You only give what you have. Is that not so? Yes, sir. But there's something called sacrificial giving. The type that Noah did. The type that opens the floodgates for you. We're going to be discussing that next week. And number three, it is a new beginning of enlargement. A new beginning of what? Enlargement. God will enlarge your course. Amen. God will enlarge you. Amen. Because brethren, God has spoken that this season we are is a new beginning of consecration and holiness. It's a new beginning of giving. Amen. And it's a new beginning of enlargement. Amen. What does it mean when we talk of consecration and holiness? We always define holiness as being set apart for God. And being set apart from the world. That's holiness. That is consecration. When we go to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 to 17. I'm going to read it. Hebrews 12, 14 to 17. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Look in diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Verse 17. For ye know how afterward, when he would have inherited the blessings, he was rejected. You will not be rejected. Amen. I say you will not be rejected. Amen. He was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully. With tears. It became too late for Esau. It will not be too late for you. Amen. I said it will not be too late for you. Amen. What are some things that can distract from this part of holiness? That's what we're going to look at and then we'll round up for today. And there are about five things from the passage we have just read. Five things that can distract from the pathway of holiness that God expects us to tread as a church, as individuals, as families. That we may start afresh and walk into God's plan and purpose for our lives. Number one, falling short of God's grace. Falling short of God's grace can distract from this part of holiness. Falling short of what? God's grace. God's grace. Galatians 
Galatians 2.21. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I hope that will be the anthem of every one of us. Amen. You will not frustrate his grace in Jesus' name. Are you frustrating the work of God? Today is our anniversary. Today is the birthday of the church. Are you frustrating the work of God in Christ's chapel? There's a story in the book of Ezra. Chapter, chapter 4. Chapter 4. Actually, it continues in chapter 5. We're not going to, it's a lot of verses. But what happened? The Bible says in verse 4 of Ezra chapter 4. Ezra 4. He said, the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. And because of this, the Bible in verse 5, verse 5 says, they hired counselors, verse 5. They hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia, they didn't stop at that. The Bible says they wrote a letter to the king and said, some people are building this temple. From what we know, they are notorious. Don't allow them to build. And that king sent a message and said they should stop. So, the, the work ceased. But brethren, it was only a delay that brought divine provision. Hallelujah. Tell somebody it's only a delay. It's only a delay. That will bring divine provision. That will bring divine provision. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you have lost. Maybe it is accusation that has brought you there. Maybe it's because those who are supposed to be your friends turn to be your enemies. They are only delaying what God wants to do. Amen. Divine provision is on the way. Amen. I said divine provision is on the way. Amen. When you go to that Ezra chapter 4, verses 21 and 24, you see where the king they went to said, the work should stop. The work should stop. And verse 24 says, the work ceased. They stopped building the house of the Lord. But when you get to Ezra chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Ezra 5, 1 and 2. Ezra, the Bible says, Then the prophet, Haggai the prophet, Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them, verse 2, verse 2. They rose up, then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josadek, and they began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. Brethren, it's a new beginning. Hallelujah. It's time to build. Amen. Tell God it's time to build. It's time to build. And the Lord is talking to us. It's time to build because we are starting afresh. Amen. But you know, the detractors of Judah, they didn't stop. They still went and reported them to the king. But this time around, there was a new king. And I'm telling someone that is listening to me today, there is a new king. I said there is a new king. He's still the king of kings, the Lord of lords. The Lord Almighty. The one who was, the one who is, the one who forever and shall be. The one who has seen what you have gone through. And has made up his mind that it's time to reward you. He will reward your efforts in Jesus' name. I said he will reward your efforts in Jesus' name. They sent another report in Ezra chapter 5 verse 8 and verse 17. Accusing the children of Judah. But the Bible says they went and searched out. And this time around, the result was different. When you get home, read Ezra chapter 4 
Another chapter 5. To get the full story. But you see, in, in uh, chapter 6, verses 7 to 12, that's a part of the letter that the king now said to those that were, that were uh, that opposed the work. He said, let the work of the house of God alone. <laughs> let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build the house of God in his place. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Look at the decree he now made. He said, I make a decree you shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. So not only did the king restore the work, he now did what? He made provision for the work. Hallelujah. There's provision on the way for you. Amen. I said there's provision on the way for you. Amen. When you go through that passage, in verse 11, he said, Whosoever shall alter this word, let him be pulled down from his house. And being set on, let him be hanged thereon. <laughs> let his house be made a dunghill for this. Verse 12. The God that has caused his name to dwell there, destroy all kings and people that shall put their hand to altar and to destroy this house of God, which is at Jerusalem. I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. God is speeding up something in somebody's life here. Someone that is listening to this message, God is expediting his goodness in your life. Amen. Remember where we started? He said, remember ye not the former things. It's a time of action. It's a time of accelerated promotion. It's a time of accelerated performance. Amen. The Lord will do it in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Darius the king said, let it be done with speed. Let it be done with speed. Hallelujah. Let it be done with speed. When you go to Acts chapter 26 verse 19. Acts 26 verse 19. Paul said, he was highlighting his obedience to the heavenly vision. He said, wherefore, O king Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. When you are operating based on the heavenly vision, ah, success is assured. I want to speak to somebody's life here today. You will succeed. Amen. Because Christ Chapel will succeed. Because Christ Chapel will excel. Because there's no limitation to what God will do in this new dispensation. Yes, sir. But we must remember, brethren, sin will frustrate God's grace upon you and upon your life. That's Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Tells us. Sin will do what? Frustrate God's grace. So that is number one. We don't have much time. But I'm going to uh, mention maybe the second one. Then maybe we can continue next week. The second one is that because I want us to rejoice today. I want us to really celebrate God. The next one is that bitterness is the hallmark and definition of a sinner. Bitterness is what? The hallmark and the definition of a sinner. We are talking about those things that can, that can hold you back from living a holy life. And the first one we said was Frustrating the grace of God. But I'm not talking about bitterness. Bitterness. When you go to Romans chapter 3, verse 10 to 14. But I'm just going to read verse 14. Romans 3, 10 to 14, we can put it down. But verse 14, it says, Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Cursing and bitterness. Brethren, bitterness must be put away. It must give room to kindness and, and forgiveness. In Ephesians chapter 4, 
verses 31 and 32. Bitterness must be put away. It must give room to kindness and forgiveness. Are you dwelling on the bitterness of the past? Like we were discussing in our workers' meeting yesterday. Are you still carrying those offenses around? Hey, look at what they did for me. Look at what pastor did to me. Look at what pastor did to me. Look at what uh, Christ Temple did to you. And one of our sisters was telling us he met somebody in this valley. Somebody who at a point in time was a member of this church. And the person was asking, Is that, does that church still exist? That tells you about the heart of man. And that's why every time I say, let us thank God for this church. Because there are distractors, there are enemies. They want the church to fall, but the more they try, what happens? The more the God is lifting up his work. And God will continue to lift up his work in Jesus' name. Bitterness must be replaced by kindness and forgiveness. Ephesians 1, he said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Very important, brethren. Very important. And then verse 32 says, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. It's very important. You want to make heaven? Without holiness, no man can see God. When you are living in bitterness, you, are not, you cannot combine holiness and bitterness together. They don't go hand in hand. Bitterness results in the failure of grace. And it defies. Bitterness does what? It results in the failure of grace. And it defies. You will not fail in Jesus' name. I said you will not fail in Jesus' name. I said there are, did I say four things or five things? The third one is fornication. Fornication. Fornication can pull you back from the path of holiness. What is fornication? It's simply sexual immorality. Among either the married or unmarried. In the context of what the scripture is saying there. The scripture is simply saying sexual immorality. Of course, you know that. You can't combine it with holiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Don't trivialize your salvation. You belong to God. Tell somebody you belong to God. Tell the person, I belong to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. That's very important. Verse 20 says, You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Brethren, Joseph could have waited. In with, uh, with Mrs. Potiphar. He could have lay with her like she requested. He would have been promoted in the household of Potiphar. What would have been his achievement? Yes, he would have been the prime minister of Potiphar's household. But Joseph knew that the God that had brought him to far was taking him to a higher realm. God was going to make him the prime minister of Egypt. Why settle for the prime minister of Potiphar's house? And many of us, in the guise of being wild 
I mean, being wise. They will say be wise. They will say it's wisdom. In the name of being wise, we are settling for being the prime minister of, of, of Potiphar rather than the prime minister of Egypt. There is a price to pay, brethren. The story is in Genesis chapter 39, verses 7 to 12. There is a price to pay. If you are willing to pay the price, there will be a new story. God says he's making things new. And I know there's someone who is listening to me today. You've gone through a lot. You've gone through a lot. But today marks a new beginning. Amen. God is taking you beyond your experience of Potiphar's house. He's taking you beyond your experience of the prison. He's taking you into a new glory. You will manifest his glory in Jesus' name. The last thing we want to talk about that hinders holiness is profanity. Profanity, or what the Bible calls godlessness. Godlessness. That was the problem of Brother Esau. Esau had a lack of appreciation of spiritual things. That's why he sold his birthright for food. We've been fasting now for, I don't know, how many days? 50 something, 50 what? 63 minus 7. Today is the 56th day. Some of us have not even fasted for two or three days. And yet we want all the blessings that God has promised. Like somebody said, no, it's, not, it's even the deal. He said nothing goes for nothing. Oh, there are people with conditions that makes it impossible for them to fast. That's fine. We recognize that and we say if you, are, if you have uh, conditions that will prevent you from fasting, like maybe somebody has ulcer, somebody is sick and things like that, don't fast. Or somebody is pregnant. Or somebody is breastfeeding. But some of us, all we just want to do is, because we want to do what? Eat. And you say, ah, me, I can't fast. You want to kill me? Ordinarily fasting and breaking at 6 p.m. Is that what will kill you? There was a story that the G.O. shared. There was a man that we were telling to fast during the Nigerian Civil War. Say me, what do you mean? Me fast? No way, that's not for me. Then the war came to his village. And everybody had to run for their lives. Somehow, somehow, he found himself in a pit. And he was saved there. He was in that pit for, I don't know if it was three days or whatever. Before he came out of the pit, when the war, I mean, things were better in that village. Did he fast or not? Did he die? <laughs> Instead of fasting for one day and breaking at 6 p.m., he fasted for three days. No food, no water. He was in a pit. Fasting does not kill. Godlessness was the problem of Esau. He came home and in, in Genesis 25, 29 to 34. He came home and said, ah, give me food. He said, ah. And his brother, who was more spiritual than him, said, I will give you food, but you must sell your birthright to me. He said, ah, what is birthright? What will I do with birthright? I'm dying. Was he dying? There's always an exaggeration. Not eating bread then will not kill you. For one day, for two days, for three days, not eating will not kill you. It only teaches you to be disciplined. He sold his birthright. The key thing with what he saw did was that he trivialized spiritual things. And brethren, the spiritual things you value are the things that will set uh, the direction 
for your future. The Bible says we were redeemed, not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1, verses 15 to 19. So therefore, we should be holy. Be holy. He that has called you is holy. Be holy and yield yourself unto him. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 to 37. Talks about avoiding what the Bible calls idle words. Idle words. Because every man will give account of every idle word. Verse 37 says, By thy words thou shalt be justified. By thy words thou shalt be condemned. You will not be condemned in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, You will not be condemned in Jesus' name. Amen. Consecration and holiness. A new beginning of consecration and holiness. That's what the Lord has impressed upon us today. It's our anniversary. The great and mighty things the Lord wants to do through us and in us requires that we are set apart to live a holy life for Him. And I pray for every one of us who will not be found wanting in the name of Jesus. Let us bow down our heads.